In Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it says that God gives every believer the measure of faith. Amen. The measure of faith. Notice those words. It doesn't say a measure. If it was a measure, he would give, he would give a different measure to everybody. But it says the measure. There is one measure that God gives to every person that comes to Jesus. Every born-again believer gets the measure of faith. We read that in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. The portion, the measure of faith. Amen. That's the gift that God gives to you when you come to Him. When you are born again, God takes a piece of His faith and puts it on the inside of your spirit. As your spirit man comes alive, Amen. God gives you faith so that you can live this Christian life. He gives you the measure of faith. Then, then it is up to you and I to work that faith, to develop that faith, to grow it, to mature it, to use it. Every answer you need today is found in the faith that God has put on the inside of you. Every answer. In here. The problem is that many people, when they come to Jesus, God gives them the measure of faith, and then they leave that faith alone. They don't use it. They don't feed their faith. They don't equip themselves in their faith because they don't, they don't get taught, maybe, or they don't know the elements of faith. What does faith consist of? And we're going to look at throughout these next few weeks, it could turn into months, at five elements of faith. There are five key elements. There are probably more, but these are the five main ones. Faith will function when these five elements are worked out in our life effectively. Five. And I'll just give them to you now quickly, but then we won't study them today. But the first one is, uh, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So the more of God's Word that you hear, the more your faith is fed and is built up. We're going to look at that in a few weeks' time. Maybe, maybe at the end of today and next Sunday. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Amen. Faith comes by associations. Faith associations. You, 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 you need to uh, check who you allow to speak into your ears. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Amen. amen. You were running so well. Who did hinder you? So there's something about your connections, your faith connections, the people who you surround yourself with. Number three, faith confession. Another element of faith is your confession, your talk, your vocabulary, your voice, your confession, what you confess. Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. So what you speak is what you hear, what you speak is what you hear. What you speak is what you attain. So your confession... Amen. Then we have faith comes by speaking in tongues. Praying in tongues. Jude says, praying in the Holy Ghost, building up your faith. You build up your faith when you pray in the Spirit. Well, look at that. There's something about praying in the Spirit that builds up your faith. And the last one is, pretty, pretty much one of the most important ones, is faith works by love. We have to keep the love commandment. We have to make sure we don't allow bitterness, unforgiveness, offense, anger to creep in on the inside of us. Because if we allow that, that's one of the elements that will hinder the functioning of our faith. So there's people that say, hey, I read the Bible. 
I listen to preaching. I, I, I eat the word of God. But they walk in unforgiveness. So there's one area of their life that's not allowing the faith to function fully. Or there might be someone that says, I forgive. I'm, I'm walking in love. But their confession is negative. Their confession exalts the problem. And not God. So all these elements must, must be functioning strong. They are components that make faith work. Amen. Amen? So we'll look at that in the, in the next few weeks. But that's the measure of faith that God gives to you. It's then your responsibility to grow it, Amen. to mature it, to make it strong on the inside of you. Amen. Amen? And you remember last week we looked at when the disciples were in a boat and they find themselves in the midst of a storm and the waves are beating against the boat. And the disciples, the apostles say, Jesus, wake up, for we perish. Look at that word. We're going to die. Does that sound like faith to you? Well, Jesus wakes up, sort of annoyed. Who likes to be woken up? He wakes up a little bit annoyed. He, he stops the storm. He stops the wind. And then he turns to his disciples and he gives us a powerful revelation of what was the problem in that situation. He says, he asks them a question, where is your faith? Like, you could just see Peter saying, what's that got to do with it? And Jesus saying, that's got all, everything to do with it. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? I've been preaching to you for the last months. Where is your faith? And we looked at, where is your faith to do what I just did? Where has your faith gone? A few days before, you were, you were helping me distribute bread and fish. Where has that faith gone? Sometimes our faith can go. Not, not in the sense of it departs us, but it, it, it's, it, it's gone missing when we face a situation. Where has it gone? Come on! It's like Jesus saying, come on, where's that faith that you had one year ago? Where's that faith that you had five months ago? Where's that faith that you had when you first came to God and you could believe for anything? Where's that faith gone? It's like he's asking them, faith is the answer. Where's it gone? Where's, the, where's your faith focused? What are you focusing on? Their, their faith was not faith, it was fear because they, had been, they were focusing on the storm. They were focusing on the waves. Therefore, that produced fear. Their focus was not on Jesus. Their focus was not on the word that said, let us cross over to the other side. That was enough words to get him to the other side. Yeah. That was enough words to say, we're not going to die here because he said we're, gonna, we're going to the other side. Yeah, man. But their focus. Where's your faith focus? Yeah. See, fear is faith. But it is faith con contaminated. Mm. You're believing for something but the wrong thing. Do you remember when, G when, when Jesus was walking on the water and Peter was in a boat? And Peter, they looked and, and, and Peter said, Jesus, if it's you, command me to come. See, he needed a word. And Jesus said, come, it's me. Peter starts walking on water. What does he do? He walks on water. How? By faith, because he had a word. He's walking on water as long as he's looking at Jesus. The focus of his faith is Jesus. The, the Bible says, then he began to be... Behold the waves and the storms. What happened? He began to sink. Are you here? What changed? Focus. Where, where is your faith focused? What have you been focusing on the last months that's caused you to dwindle in your faith? And then Jesus picks up 
Peter and they both walk back to the boat and then Jesus asks Peter a question that can, can sort of leave you sort of like, wow. He says, Peter, wherefore did you doubt? Doubt. Then he said, oh, you of little faith. Little faith. Amen. So we see, beloved, that God is asking you for your faith. Where is your faith at? Where's that faith that I put on the inside of you to get the job done? Where's that faith that I put on the inside of you to, to have success in the Christian walk? Where is your faith? Where's your focus? Where's it gone? Where's your faith to do what, what I just did? Amen. Then we looked at last week that we are to, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, we are to examine ourselves to see whether we are in the faith. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. How's my faith doing? The Bible says we walk by faith. The just shall live by But today we have a generation of Christians that walk by feelings. We have a generation of Christians that walk by emotions. We have a generation of Christians that walk by what they see. What they see determines their faith in God. That's why people praise God when everything is going good. Because they have got no faith. Because they praise based on what they see. They are emotional. They are feelings led. We are to be faith led. Hallelujah. We are to be spirit led. Strong, mature Christians. Grounded, established, immovable. Rooted in the ground. And nothing moves us. Nothing shakes us. It doesn't matter what's going on around us. It doesn't matter what's happening. My faith is in God. And I walk by faith, not by sight. So right now I might see a storm. Right now I might see the waves. But God is with me. And if God is with me, who can be against me? That's faith. That's the kind of people we need today in the church of Australia that know who they are. That move. That their faith is not moved by, oppos- by opposition. They move opposition with their faith. They know how to do it. We've got to train people. We've got to teach people. Mm. Amen. Amen. Examine your, how's my faith? Mm. How's my faith? You can sort of pick it up. Examine yourself whether you're in the faith. Faith is so important. The disciples would say to Jesus, hey, increase our faith. Why are they so consumed with this increase our faith? There was a man that came to Jesus. He had a son who was demon possessed. The disciples could do nothing for him. And Jesus says to the man, you know, the man says to Jesus, if you can heal my son, please heal him. And Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And the man, this man gives a powerful revelation. You know what he says? He says, Lord, help my unbelief. That's a powerful revelation. What he's saying is, give me, help my lack of faith. Help me get some faith that you can heal my son. You go, so, so, beloved church, so you know what to do 
when you're up against a situation, that's not the time to get away from God's word. That's not a time to get away from God's house. That's not a time to get away from God's people. That's a time to say, you know what? I'm up against it right now. I've got the answer on the inside of me. So I'm going I'm to build up my faith. I'm going to tell God, Lord, help my lack of faith. Give me some faith back. That's why you need to go to a church where they give you faith. Hallelujah. Where they build up your faith. Preacher, give me some faith. Give me some faith. Amen. Praise God. Can you say amen this morning? Build up your faith. Okay. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. That was just a little review from last week. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. Can we handle this church? Can we handle some word? The word of God. Receive some faith today. Look at... Look at, this is still a little introduction to the message, but look at this, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. Look what it says. This is how interested they were about their faith back in, in, in the times of Paul. Look, look what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all towards each other abounds. Did you hear that? He says, I'm Paul saying, I'm so excited. I, I, I thank God every day for you, church. Why? For this reason, your faith is growing exceedingly. Amen. I see, I observe that your faith, he's talking to the church, your faith is growing. And it's not just growing. Your faith is growing exceedingly. The word exceedingly means the idea of it is going beyond the norm. It is passing the levels that have been established in the past. It is going past the same old, same old. Your faith is growing. That was Paul. Paul wasn't so consumed with, oh, your talents are growing. He's not saying to this church, I'm so excited that the church is, 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 uh, the church is growing in number. He, he's, he wasn't, oh, I'm, I'm so excited that the church has just bought a new property. I'm so excited you did three conferences in the last three months. I'm just so excited the church is going forward. I'm just so excited what I see that your bank account is growing. You could care less about that. He said, there's one thing that I thank God for. There's one thing that, that excites me and makes me feel like my labor is not in vain. Your faith is growing. Your faith is growing. You're pushing through persecution. You're push, pushing through tribulation. You're using your faith to get through the attacks of the enemy. If you read a little, a little synopsis of 2 Thessalonians in the commentary, it's a church that, that was birthed by Paul, but it is at, in 2 Thessalonians, it is going through trials, tribulations, and attacks. And it, it is in that context that the Apostle Paul says, My, you guys have been listening to me. You guys have been hearing my preaching. I can see you're putting it into practice. Whereas you could stay home because the, the enemy is coming to try to attack you physically. You go to gather with the saints. Yeah. Whoa, you haven't thrown in the towel. Your faith is growing exceedingly. You haven't stopped worshipping God in the midst of adversary. Your faith is growing exceedingly. Come on, church, hallelujah. Your body might be ravished with sickness and, and you, you have, you, you, you know, you, you're still serving God. Your faith is growing exceedingly. It's going beyond the natural understanding. You, you, you cannot explain that you're still serving God. 
You're still worshipping God with everything you've gone through. That's the idea, because I told you last week, there's two, there's two areas for why God gives us faith. Number one, it is to attain promises. Hallelujah. And I'm, I'm probably going to be too fast. I should slow down because I'm going to take this. We could be here to the end of the year on this. Is that okay? Yes, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. We, you, we, you, you, I've got to inject you with faith. Yes, You've got to get some faith on the inside of you. Amen. Yes. Amen. <laughs> mm. Praise God. We need the word of God. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Faith grows exceedingly. Amen. Your faith is going beyond. The, the idea is that your faith is not the same as last year. Yes. Your faith is not the same as one year ago. Amen. It's growing. That's right. now, many pastors cannot say that about their church. Like, Brother, you're still going through the same problem. And you sit in the church and you hear the word of faith, you hear the word of God, you, you, you come to, you, you read the word, you're still having the same problems. That should, I said to my wife, I said, that's going to be our new counseling word. Mm-hmm. When people come for counseling, I'm just going to do what Jesus did. Where's your faith? <laughs> Gee, that's, a, that's, a, that's a lovely counseling session, amen? <laughs> but hey, what can I do for you if you don't use your faith? Yeah. There's people, they're going through the battle of their life. Where are they this morning? But they call pastor, please help me. Can you pray? Hey, no, 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 no. Where's your faith? Amen. When you get serious about God, yes, God will get serious about you. Amen. Come on, come on, come on. See, we, because we have a westernized mentality, we want to ask for a Big Mac and get it two minutes later. You've got to work your faith. This is Paul saying, whoa, you're unrecognizable. Your faith is growing exceedingly. You're going past the same old, same old. You attain promises, but that's just the superficial one. That's the one that everyone talks about in the church. Claim it, claim it, name it, claim it. Come on, declare it, confess it, decree it. That's okay, but there's another one. God gives us faith so we can use it in the midst of trials. That's the one that shows, validates that our faith is real. Because it's easy to say, I claim it, I declare it, I decree it, I believe it, I confess it. And you can confess it until you want to confess it, you've got no voice left. But the faith that pushes through when all hell breaks loose, and you start using your faith to overcome. You start using your faith to, to go through the trials, to go through the bad news, to go through the opposition. That's faith. And that's what he's saying to them. Your faith is growing exceedingly. Amen. Notice that it says your faith. It doesn't say God's faith. It says your faith. It doesn't say your brother's faith, or your sister's faith, or your wife's faith. It says your faith. This is a personal thing. Your faith is growing exceedingly. So in other words, you determine the level of your faith. You want more faith? What are we going to do about it? Now, let's go to, let's back in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10. 
First Timothy chapter 3, verse 10. This is a couple of months before. Look what the Apostle Paul says. And this is what I endeavor to do as a pastor of a church. Paul was so excited about this church. Their faith was growing, their faith was developing, their faith was maturing. They were advancing. They were gaining territory. They were solid, they were strong, they were established. They didn't just leave at the first sign of trouble. Amen. Let's be grounded. Let's be mature Christians. Look at the Apostle Paul said to them in 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 10. Now understand, this is probably three or four months before he wrote what we just read now. Okay? So what, he, what we just read now, your faith is growing exceedingly, is a test to what he said. Here. Look what he said here. 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 10. 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 10. Actually, can we read a few verses? Is it okay to read a few verses in church? <laughs> amen. Someone says they preach too much word in that church. Hallelujah. Well, that's what we should be getting. Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 2. Now, every time we, we come across the word faith, I want you to shout it out. Okay? Because I want you to see how serious they were about faith and how Paul, as a pastor, was so serious about the faith of his people. Are you ready? Verse 2. And I sent... No, let's verse 1. Verse 1. Are you ready? Verse 1. Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear it, we thought it good to, to be left at Athens alone. And I sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. What's he interested about? He says, man, I, I, I cannot bear not being with you anymore. I'm going to send Timothy for one purpose, to establish you and to ground you in your faith. That's all he's interested about. Let's keep reading. That no man should be moved by these afflictions. So he's saying, if there's afflictions, I'm going to send Timothy to establish you in your faith. Because if your faith is strong, your afflictions will be weak. Amen. Oh, I'm excited about this. Hallelujah. Verse 4. For verily when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation. Even as it came to pass, and you know it, for this cause, when I could no longer forbear it, I send to know your... He's like a doctor. He said, I sent someone because I wanted to find out how your faith was going. When I, I could no longer forbear it, when I heard about the afflictions that were coming against you as a church, when I heard what was going on with the families of the church, when I heard what was happening to the individuals of the church, I had to send Timothy because I wanted to know, was your faith still strong? And I've sent Timothy as a mechanic to fine-tune some things so that you can be strong because you ain't seen nothing yet. The devil is angry. And your faith needs to be strong. You want to be a child of God? You want to be a preacher of the gospel? You want to be a Christian in this generation? Hey, who said we're going to be a Christian with no trouble? Listen to these words, beloved. I, I, I could no longer forbear. I sent to know about your faith. It's like... like I haven't seen I haven't seen Coleman for a long time. I haven't seen Coleman for a long time, and I, I've heard that he's going through some things. Hey, Sammy, can you go and, can you go and visit him? Because I just want to know how's his faith doing. 
Because if he can get his faith right, he'll get through this. If if we can get his faith fine-tuned, if we can just see how the elements and the components of his faith are, are they rusty? Are they, do they need to be lubricated? Are there areas in his faith that need to be fine-tuned, like a mechanic you know, gets a car and he fixes it? I want to know, how's his faith? Yeah, what would happen if pastors started getting serious about their people's faith and not their people's money? Yeah. And, try, and not their people's applause? Wanting to be the flavor of the month, but no, we, we are here as a spiritual surgeon, hallelujah, as God's man and God's women and God's taking the ministry seriously. I want to raise up a people that know what they have on the inside of them, hallelujah, and use it for the glory of God. So if I ask you, how's your faith? If I ask you, where's your faith? It's a merciful question. It's not a harsh question. It's saying you have the answer on the inside of you. And I haven't seen you at Bible study the last four weeks. And I haven't seen you at church for the last four weeks. Where's your faith? How serious are you about your faith? Oh, hallelujah. For this cause, I, I, I sent Timoth- Timothy to find out about your faith. Look, let's keep reading. Verse 5. Lest by some means the tempter have tempted you and our labor be in vain. He's saying in my work, my labor of preaching would be in vain. That your faith just dwindles at the sign of one problem. Verse 6. But now when Timothy came from you unto us, he brought us good report of your faith. Are you getting this? So Timothy came. He went to them. And he's checking. Carlos, come here. No, no, stay there. I'm just saying. come, Come here. Come and have a coffee with me. How's your faith? I just see you, you're doing, I just don't see the fire. What's going on? And hey, Mark, I want to see you, Mark. This is Timothy. Mark, come here. Hey, ever since that problem happened in your home, I haven't seen you ministering in the church. You've stopped being in that department. What's going on? Where's your faith? Meliana, come here. Can I, can I talk to you, Meliana? How's your faith? Paul wants to know. Paul wants to know. He sent me here to find out about your faith. And you're going through this situation. Hey, how is your faith? Oh, uh, hey, hey, where's your faith? Where's that faith that you had one year ago? Where's that faith? Where's it gone? Where's it gone? And so Paul's saying, man, I'm excited because Timothy came back and he gave me a good report Hallelujah. about your faith. He didn't, he didn't say that they bought a house or that they bought a car. Oh, wow. He didn't say that they had brand new suits. He didn't say, well, they, they, they're, they're, buying t- they're buying land. and well. No, he, he told me, he gave me a report about your So it's not how many people will fill the church with it. How many people have faith? Yeah. Oh, my church has. Yeah, but how many people have faith in the church? Hallelujah. I want to know about your faith. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. He brought a good report about your faith. I mean, that, and, and listen, look how Paul is excited. He's excited because he got a good report about their faith. It excites him. He's saying, man, my preaching hasn't been in vain. I'll tell you, some pastors would have thrown in the towel a long time ago because their preaching is in vain. The people don't listen. The people don't receive. The people don't use that word that they preach. Beloved, if you use the word that you hear in this house and you start applying it in your life, you're going to see advancement. You're going to grow exceedingly. You're going to go beyond the bounds that you've lived. You're going to be a strong believer. You're going to be established and grounded. You're going to, people are going to see you. are going to say something about you. What is it? You're going to say, I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. You get that word and start using it. Hallelujah. 
Mm. I wanted to, and he told me that your faith and your charity and that you have always good remembrance of us, desiring ready to see us as we ought also to see you. Verse 7. Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all our affliction and distress by your faith. For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. For what thanks can we render to God again for you? For all the joy with, wherewith we joy for your sake before our God. Now this is the verse that I want us to see. Are you ready? This is the Apostle Paul talking. Night and day I'm praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect what is lacking in your did you hear that? Paul's saying, I can't wait to go and see you myself so that I can perfect what is lacking in your faith. Because your faith always has room to grow. And then we read in 2 Thessalonians and he says, I'm excited because I see that your faith is growing exceedingly. Now, I'm running out of time, but I want you to hear this. Are you here, church? Are you here? Hallelujah. Yes, We're just going to take this slow. Every Sunday, every Sunday, you're going to be built up. Yes, built up. Church. Built up. This is a spiritual gym. Yes. You let your friends know. You let your people know. Hey, come. Come to my church. We're going to hear the word. Amen. We're going to hear the word. Paul said this. I cannot wait to see you so that I can, I can perfect what is lacking in your faith. Now I'm going to say this to you and I take this very seriously. That is the responsibility of every pastor. Of every preacher. That we perfect what is lacking in the faith of the people. Yeah. Now the word perfect is this. It literally means, don't miss this. It means to complete, to adjust, to repair, to equip, to put in full order, to furnish. So what the Apostle Paul is saying, I want to complete, I want to repair, I want to adjust. I want to put together what is lacking. The word lacking, don't miss this, the word lacking is this. So you can lack in your faith. But if you go to the right church, if you listen to the right preaching, if you go to these five elements of faith, you will perfect what is lacking in your faith. His, the word lacking means, I want to perfect what is deficient in your faith. Where you fall short in your faith. Where you come behind in your faith. And where you are missing it in your faith. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying. He's saying, I want to see you, beloved church at Thessalonica. Because I want to perfect. I want to add. I want to fine tune. I want to adjust. I want to frame what is deficient and what is lacking. Where you are, where areas where you come behind in your faith. So that your faith can be strong. So that then in 2 Thessalonians, I can say, I'm excited because as, when I fine-tuned your faith, when I adjusted your faith, when I put your faith back together and I put back what was deficient in your faith, I am excited because your faith is growing exceedingly. It doesn't say your feelings is growing. It doesn't say your self-esteem is growing. Now listen, please pay attention to me for the, these next five minutes as I close. I could be here a very, very long time. And if you don't get this by now, we won't get it any, any time later. The, he, today, she come, hallelujah. Today, many 
preachers and pastors are consumed with perfecting the self-esteem of their people. The feelings of their people. Preaching today, and I'm being recorded, is a preaching today is seeker-sensitive preaching. Elevates the self-esteem. Elevates the feelings and the emotions. It puts a lot of weight on you, but it's not muscle. The responsibility of a preacher, and this, I'm, I'm preaching this to you because this is what you should check for when you go to a church. Does the man of God or the woman of God or does that church preach the word that feeds my faith or feeds my ego and my self-esteem? This is serious, beloved. You want to take your children to a church where the, 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 the word of God perfects what is lacking to your faith. Are you getting this? Yeah. The Apostle Paul, when he's about to die, he says to Timothy, Timothy, I'm going to give you one last instruction. Listen to me very clearly. I'm going to command you this. He says, you preach the word. In season and out of season. When it's the flavor of the month and when it's not the flavor of the month. When the church is packed, when the church is, is, is empty. You preach the word. He's saying, you don't, you don't shy away from that. When everybody else is, is preaching something, you stick with the word. When nobody wants to hear it, you preach the word because the word works. You preach the word, Timothy. You preach the word. Instant, in season and out of season. Preach the word. Then in Acts chapter 20, verse 28, I don't have time to go there, but Paul, his last words to the pastors of, of Ephesus. You can read it when you get home. Acts chapter 20. Let's just read it. Let's go. Acts chapter 20. Verse 28. Are you here, church, this morning? This is powerful stuff. Hallelujah. This is powerful stuff. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Verse 27. I want, you to, I want you to see this. This is the backdrop. The Apostle Paul, if you read it when you get home, he's saying, I'm going to see you no more. These are the pastors that he had raised at Ephesus. It was a group of pastors that he had in front of him. He, said, he says to them, I'm not going to see you anymore. I won't see your face again. So he gives them his last instructions. Look what he says. Verse 27. I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Look what he says to them. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock of which the Holy Ghost has made you overseer. Look what he says. Feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after themselves. What I want you to see is this. The apostle Paul said to these pastors at Ephesus, he says, I give you one commandment. Feed the church. Feed the church. Feed the church the word of God. Amen. Let me say something, church. I hope you get this in your spirit. We have a lot of people that listen to us online. I want to say this. We go to church not to be entertained. We go to church 
to be fed. Get that in your spirit. Because today, the church culture that we live in is a church culture that says you have to entertain them in. Our faith doesn't come by entertainment. Our faith comes by hearing the word of God. Much of today's preaching is soulish. It's fleshy. It works in the realm of the soul. You'll hear it. You can pick it up. You're, if you're a word person, you'll pick it up. Yeah, that's, it sounds good, but it doesn't, it, it's got to be spirit to spirit preaching. A lot of preaching today is head preaching. It's a great orator. It's great statistics. It's knowledge, but it's up here. You want preaching that goes straight to your spirit because that's where your faith is. Mandana. I thank God for manifestations. I thank God for signs and wonders. We need them. But faith doesn't come by signs and wonders. So on the other hand, we have a lot of church culture that's just all signs and wonders. It's all signs and wonders. It's all the glory, the glory, the glory, the cloud. And, and there's no preaching. So you have people in that circle that they're not strong. They're very emotional. We need, we need the word. If you want to put muscle on your body, you're going to have to go to the gym and do the hard yakka. Well, if we want faith, church, I, I, I love music. I love, you know, we want to have a nice auditorium. We want to have, there's nothing wrong with entertainment with, with those, but it's wrong when those things take the place of the Word of God. So, so, so I, I go to conferences with other pastors and I hear how they talk. It's all about how do I get them in? How do I get them in? How do I, and I hear what they say. There's all these methods. And, and, and I just say, preach the word. Amen. Preach the word. Yes. Oh, but people, don't, they don't want to sit there for half an hour and listen to preaching. I said, well, hey, it's a church. Yes. That's like saying I want to go to the gym, but don't make me lift up weights. That's like saying I want to go to the soccer game, but don't want to see soccer. That's like saying, I want to go to the movies, but I don't want to watch a movie. I want to go to church, but I don't want to hear preaching. So that's why today we have a biblically illiterate generation. They don't know who they are. They don't know what the word says. They don't know the contract. They don't know what God's word says. And we have a generation of Christians that don't know how to take their stand. May God help you and me and many other churches that are rising up all over the land to be churches of the word. Feed the church. I'm here. I'm here. I know it. I know it. I know it. I'm here. Until God tells me to be here, I'll be here. I'm here to add to your faith. So if I preach a long time, don't get angry. <laughs> Because sometimes it takes long to, to do an operation. Because I'm serious about the word. I want to build up your faith. I want to build up your faith. Build up your faith. That I can say one year from now, Hey brother, your faith is growing exceedingly. Hallelujah. Hey brother, you've come a long way. There are some brothers and sisters that have really made me say, Whoa, where was their faith? Because at the sign of trouble, 
at the sign of opposition. They're gone. Gone back into the world. Let's not be hearers of the word. Let's be doers. Where's your faith? Come on, guys. Come on, church. May God help us. May your faith have, may, may your faith have been perfected this morning. Just a little bit more added. Added to your faith. Amen? Let's all stand up. Praise God.